hey, it's Bobby. Thank you so much for listening to the Empowered Homes podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to grow strong families by connecting church and home. And today's episode is an important one for Christian parents. How do we teach our kids the Bible? It should be the fundamental thing that we do as parents in our homes, teaching our kids God's word uh, from us. They, they need God's word from the church, but they need to hear God's word from mom and dad. There's something that just happens in a powerful, beautiful way when they hear and see parents, their parents, teaching them from God's word. And so in this session, uh, we take the audio from one of our video sessions from our Marriage and Parenting Weekend back in February of 2021. And this session is a powerful tool. We have Dr. Steve Jones, who is a professor of of scripture, uh, as well as just some parents and and some staff uh, that are are living this out. Uh, We're not experts, but we're just going to have a conversation about how do we actually teach our kids the Bible and the important role that is as the primary faith trainer in our home. So you'll be blessed. We also have a ton of great resources on empoweredhomes.org specifically talking about teaching your kids the Bible. We have some videos, we have uh, some uh, family devotional ideas and topics and, and tips and tricks for you and your home to really get into God's word. So you can find all of that at empoweredhomes.org. great people today and we're going to be discussing teaching your kids the Bible, which I think is something that a lot of parents want to do, but oftentimes it feels aspirational. And so in this panel, we're going to be discussing, we're going to set a foundation for it, but then we're going to really move into the practical side of it and offer some tips for how parents can implement this at home. This panel is based on a class that Dr. Steve Jones originally taught, um, and you can find that original class on empoweredhomes.org as well as any of the other resources that we mentioned today. So let's go ahead and get started. Steve, one of the things that you mentioned in your class is that you can't give what you don't have. Can you expand on that for us? Sure. A lot of parents, when they when they come to me wanting to know, how can I teach my kids the Bible? Um, they want a lot of little simple tricks mm-hmm. and tools. And those are all great. And there's a place for those things. But the starting point isn't that. Yeah. The starting point is making sure you have something to give them. Um, you can't give what you don't have, which means... Um, one of the reasons why kids don't eat their vegetables is because parents don't eat their vegetables. And a lot of times when we want to, when we want to teach our kids the Bible, we want to do something to them that we're not doing to ourselves. The Bible uh, says that the primary role of, of the parents is to be faith trainers. Deuteronomy 6 talks about, there's a wonderful line that says, repeat this to your children. Talk about it when you're sitting down in your house and when you're walking along the road. Um, this is your job. Um, Jesus says, um, out of the treasury of a heart, a man speaks. Uh, you will talk about what's in your soul. And so before uh, the place, before you learn all the simple tricks, you have to ask yourself, what are, what's inside of you? What are you filling yourself with? Because it comes out. And so I always remind people, before I teach you this other stuff that we're gonna talk about this morning, um, the first step is to make sure you're full of the word. Plant yourself. Psalm 1 says, plant yourself next to the stream of God's word and drink it in and see if it doesn't transform and flow out of you to the world and specifically and first and foremost to your family. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so like you mentioned, Deuteronomy 6 doesn't just suggest that parents teach their kids the Bible, it commands it. (laughs) But I think one of the sort of roadblocks is that parents are concerned about misusing the Bible. Um, And so, Laura, can you talk with us about what it looks like when we 
maybe accidentally misuse the Bible and how that affects kids? Sure. So um, I think that there's a few ways um, that we could kind of get trapped into misusing the Bible. Um, one of them is where we just look to the Bible for something that we already believe. And we just want the Bible to reaffirm what we we, we think is correct. And so we look just, or we Google just specifically for, you know, you know, verses for loss and then look up those and never go beyond just what it says right there. We don't go look at the context. We don't go look and see what the author was talking about. And so it goes back to what Steve was saying about, you know, you have to have the relationship with the Bible yourself. You have to, you know, dive in and be filled yourself before you could start filling your kiddos. And so um, another thing is that a lot of times parents use Bible, uh, the Bible for behavior modification. So, you know, uh, you take out the verse again and you pound it into your kids. And so they come to learning about the Bible more as like as a weapon rather than seeing it as God's love letter to us. And so it just t automatically turns them off and um, they never delve deeper and to get the relationship with God, which is what the parents really are ultimately aiming for. And then um, the last thing that I think parents really need to uh, take note of is um, the Bible is not just for Sunday. You need to use it throughout the week, you know, just like you were saying in Deuteronomy 6. I mean, always, you know, be um, bringing up the Bible, looking to it for answers and not just saying, oh, wait, we're going to church. Where's your Bible? And, you know, the mad dash around the house trying to find where you last put it. And so um, those are a few ways that I think. Yeah, I love your point about um, so many times parents uh, try to find passage in the Bible, mm -hmm. not that helps them, but actually rubber stamps what they already believe. Right. Right. Like this is what, what how can I find the Bible to back me up on this? That's exactly right. right. Rather than saying, how can I conform my life to the scriptures and how can I help my kids do the same? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so good. Yeah. Laura, the other thing I love that you said was that you compared misusing the Bible to using it as a weapon mm -hmm. versus seeing it as the love letter that it is to us from God. And, you know, when you think of it that way, we really want to dive into the Bible. And so it's setting that foundation for kids. But like Steve said, we can't give something that we don't have. So JP, if there's a parent out there who isn't familiar with the Bible, but wants to start getting in it, what would you use as a starting point for them? What would you suggest? Well, obviously it can be a little intimidating. The book is rather large and, you know, scanning the table of contents goes on for a while. How do I, would I just pick a spot? Where do I go? And uh, if you've never studied before, a great place to start is the book of John. It talks about the gospel, talks about Jesus. We get to see Jesus and he represents God. We learn a lot about God's character and who he is and the, and the good news of the gospel there. Uh, another great book you could check out is Romans to get a little more deep picture and expounding on the gospel itself. And Psalms is great for some encouragement along the way, but John's a great place to start. And as far as diving in goes, it's ever people talk about, you know, what's the best way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Yeah. The important thing is that you get started somewhere. And because sometimes you can get a little bit of a paralysis by analysis. I'm trying to search and find the best place to start. And I'm meaning to start. I got to get started on the right reading plan. And the main thing is just get started reading God's word and let him start to speak to you and work in your life. And, and just getting the ball rolling will be huge in your life. Absolutely. Um, Steve, one of the things that you mention in your class is to not act like you know all of the answers when your kid comes to you with questions, but instead show them how to come to those answers and how to seek for themselves. Can you give us some examples of what that looked like in your family? Yeah, um, kids are gonna have questions. And so many times parents feel intimidated like they're supposed to know the answers 
or they don't know the answers and don't know what to do. And frequently we shut down that, um, the question asking process. Um, we, we, t- we say things like, uh, you just got to believe or you just got to have faith, which, which are all good sounding and we think we're get- showing them the right path. But ultimately what we're teaching them to do is um, to, to not expect to have answers to their questions. Um, Christianity is an evidence-giving religion. Where, where evidence is possible, we give it, right? Um, Peter stood up in, in, in Jerusalem on Pentecost and said, let the whole house of Israel know for certain. Um, when, when Paul stood up in, in Athens and, and was describing the, the faith to, um, to, to Gentiles in, in Greece, he says um, that God furnished proof. But a lot of times we don't know where to go for that. And so um, one of the things I always tell people is, one, when, some, when a kid asks a question, um, affirm that asking questions is good. Like, that's a great question. Um, the first place I always go is, let's look at the Bible. There's so, many prob- there's so many different questions that can be answered just by looking at the passage. A friend of mine gave me a, a good uh, Bible study tool that was simply just never read a Bible verse. Um, it sounds a little bit scandalous at first, but like what it means is, what it means is when someone says, what does this verse mean? But go put it in context. You know, eight times out of 10, the question can be answered by reading the chapter. Let's go read the context of that verse and see. And then sometimes acknowledging that I don't know the answer, but let me show you how to seek. Um, it's, we're supposed to not be the prime authority. Uh, we're supposed to be living in a community of faith and showing people, look, this is where I go for it. When I have questions, this is what I, this is what I do. I have a study Bible and I look kind of here. Here are the tools that I have. Or even, that's a great question to go ask pastor so-and-so, um, to remind people that they're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses and that and we're not supposed to be doing it by ourselves. One of the biggest lies that, that American Christians believe is that religion is something that individual people do with their spare time. And when we study the Bible, we feel like we have to get by ourselves and do it by ourselves. But no, we're, we're invited to engage with the living God who promises to meet us in, our, in the scriptures, but also to do it in a community of faith and go, so it's, it's okay to say, that's a great question. We should ask your Sunday school teacher that. Or let me show you where I go for my answers and, and, and show them all of the great uh, cloud of witnesses. There's, um, it's always startling to, to realize that people come up with these questions and uh, to remind them, hey, that question's been asked and answered over and over again. So it's good that you asked it. Now let me show you all of the ways in which it's been a- answered and that you're not alone in this. So many people feel alone in culture or alone in the world, but no, you're not alone. You're not doing this by yourself. You shouldn't do it by yourself. I, I heard a guy say one time, you're supposed to read the Bible for yourself, but not by yourself. And, and trying to walk that line is always encouraging. It helps people realize they're allowed to seek and ask questions. And frequently, the questions that they do have um, are not them losing their faith, but actually it's how your faith grows. So ask the question and, and, and find people who can help you seek those answers. I love the idea of reading the Bible in community. And I think that you're right. That's something that we've really sort of lost the thought of. But when I think about it, one of the groups I immediately think about are preschoolers because they can't read the Bible on their own. So Laura, you are a preschool minister. Can you give us some ways that you've seen just really practical, doable ways that you've seen families incorporate reading scripture with their preschoolers? Sure. So one of the first things that they need to do um, is make sure that the Bible is one that's accessible for their preschoolers. And, you know, just like JP said, you're not going to pull out, you know, 
the family Bible and just start reading the King James to your two-year-old. So um, there's so many Bible choices out there. And what you do need to do as a parent before you start is you need to open it up and you need to read it yourself to make sure that it's accurate because there, you know, there's some liberties that can be taken to summarize, but you need to make sure that it's still um the word of God and they don't take too many liberties. Um, also just make sure that it's engaging and that it's short. Um, you can't be long winded. Um, one thing that I love about a lot of the children's Bibles is that they do have like where you can go and read it from the Bible yourself. So then you have a place to go and you can read what it actually says and then go back and see what it says in this version that you're looking at. So that's super important to do. Um, you can also do um, devotions. So, and I really like some of them. Like this one, it just gives you a verses to look up. So now you're still pulling out the Bible. You're not just giving them the kid version. You can pull out your Bible. Help them go through the Bible with you and find Psalm 92 and talk about the Old Testament and the New Testament and that the Bible is God's word. It's his love, love, love letter to us. And so I think that's super important that even if you're doing a devotion, that you still incorporate the Bible into it. Um, and when you're doing the Bible, the Bible is exciting. And you don't need to read it boring. Use voices. Like if you're reading Goliath, don't make Goliath like a wimpy man, you know? Get a little bit of excitement, thunder. Have the kids enact it with you. Get some socks and roll them up and let them be David and just take you down. And so, you know, make the Bible exciting. Don't just, you know, say, okay, we're going to have to do this, kids. Sit down. You know, engage them. The toddlers are just, they, they love to, to interact with you, and they love these stories. And so this will start building the foundation for them to build on. If you instill that love for them, they're going to continue on with that. But if you just make it dry and something that they have to do, it's just going to continue on that way. So. Yeah, doing something more than just treating the Bible like it's vitamins you have to choke yeah, down in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny, This uh, things like the, uh, the children's Bible, it's something that I frequently uh, focus give to adults as a reading plan, a secret <laughs> reading plan to help them, right? So a lot of, a lot of adults who are new to the faith, yeah. how do I get started with the Bible? I say, look, take, take one of these uh, children's Bibles and get your own Bible and go look at this passage. Say, okay, this, this story that's going to be, you know, four pages in the children's Bible and it's going to have pictures. It says, oh, it comes from Exodus 19 and 20. Will you go read Exodus 19 to 20 and then go read the children's story? No one has to know you're doing it. And I guarantee you, it's, it's almost like this is what you're supposed to, if you get nothing else, get this. And, and it shows you how to begin to pull truth out of God's word, what, what you're supposed to be seeing and how you can learn to grow. I know, I know several adults who have done this both uh, for themselves on their own and for themselves alongside their children. And it can be, it can transform your Bible reading. And the pictures are just a bonus, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, JP, you have three kiddos, and they are pretty spread out in age. So you have a preschooler, an elementary schooler, and a junior higher. Yes. <laughs> all right. So what are some ways that you are teaching your kids the Bible all together with that big age range? But what are some other ways that you're also teaching your older kids individually? Yeah, so I think the first thing that's important that I've, I've learned is having something that is a regular rhythm time on the calendar, our schedule, that's a time we take time and opportunity to read the Bible. And it's one of those things that you just intend to do or when we get around to it, it needs to be part of our schedule. And so we have some regularly scheduled faith talks that we do. And for us, we found that bedtime is a great time to do that because it's when we're calming down for the day. I've learned, I think this is probably a universal truth with kids, that 
you know, there's the, hey, can I have another glass of water? Oh, hey, I forgot one more thing. There's a natural tendency to want to, let's let's just engage and extend this time a little more. And so why not have that be around discussions related to the Bible? You know, and so we found that actually it's a great time to unpack scripture. They're calm, they're seated, they're they're in their bed, relaxing, and we're just talking about uh, scripture and having discussion time. So for us, carving that time out is a time we know it's a regularly scheduled time that we're going to be together it's a great time. It works for us to dive into God's word. There's other times, you know, that could work for families around meal time or breakfast time or car rides where we're you know, going over verses, we're memorizing things like that. But bedtime is a great time for us. But specifically, I think especially as they get older, it's really critical that another side of this is that the kids understand this is not. We've already talked about it a little bit. Not just a segment and part of our life that we do, even as great as doing it at bedtime is, if it's something we only talk about at bedtime and at church, it still feels like it's compartmentalized. And this is a certain thing. The Bible is only for these times. And so the more we can incorporate the Bible into our everyday life and our everyday language, then it becomes more natural part of our, of our lifestyle. So one little example of something that happened in our family recently was we were watching uh, ESPN and there was a uh, an athlete that received a high award and he was pretty undersized for his sport. And he was giving a little acceptance speech talking about, you know, for all those of you out there that people may be discounting because of your size, you know, don't let people look down on you and, and uh, you can do great things. And so our boys were very inspired by that. And as we're talking about that at the dinner table, I'm thinking immediately of the story of David and how, when he was anointed King, all his older brothers that were more kingly like uh, were passed over and God chose David. And so I actually just pulled out the Bible uh, on my phone, found it real quick, Googled, where's the, you know, David being anointed, read it real quick. And then we talked about the, the, the key scripture verse that, that you know, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And that we, you know, and so it was a fun little tie in to something that we were talking about at the dinner table, relevant to the world that they're living in right now, was a chance to incorporate that in our everyday life and everyday language. I love that. So Steve, what I'm hearing from all three of you really is that it doesn't have to be complicated. And really, it shouldn't be complicated, right? Like we're not bringing out commentaries and concordances and five different study Bibles every time we have a family devotional or something. Um, What does it mean to be simple but not simplistic in how we're teaching kids the Bible? Yeah, a a frequent mistake uh, we sometimes make when we try to teach the kids the Bible is we try to give them, uh, we give them saccharine sounding, Hallmark card, Christianity, Bible verses taken out of context that sound nice but don't actually help. You know, kids have struggles and kids have questions. Finding ways of taking the truths of Christianity and meaningfully help them deal with the questions they're having. Um, a lot of times, you know, going, going through uh, my, my ministry time in youth ministry or in college ministry, I saw people who were growing up and they had never received answers to the questions that they had about their life, about how to deal with friends or schoolwork or parents or siblings. And in the process, they began looking to other areas. The faith that they had been given was largely focused largely on what happens to me when I die which is a great question to answer, but it's not the only question. And so these these kids had realized the faith that they had been given wasn't something they could build a life on as they grew up. And so helping people say, they don't need to know everything about the faith, but what is something that's going to help them, that's going to help them as five-year-olds, help them as 10-year-olds, help them as 15 and 20 and 25-year-olds? It's a platform upon which you can build an adult faith, um, which causes you to internalize and ask questions. What, where do I go for my answers? And how can I show them um, this is my source for questions about all of life so that, so that when they have questions, they realize, oh, um, this, they don't think, oh, I can't go to the Bible for this because um, this isn't a question the Bible addresses. 
um, there was a, a former president of Baylor one time uh, was asked a question, why do, we, um, uh, why do we need all this learning? Um, don't we know that Jesus is the answer? And uh, he responded, yes, but that does not dispense with the responsibility for us to know all of life's questions. And just to realize um, how many of the questions of life are answered by and fulfilled in, in Scripture, and, and the answers are there if we'll just seek them, is something that we can never um, stop doing ourselves and never stop showing our kids. Um, like we said earlier, I think that this is an area that parents acknowledge is important and they have that desire to put it into practice in their family, but it can feel really overwhelming when you have crazy schedules and a million different activities going on and homework and all of those things. So I would love to hear from each of you, what is one really practical um, step that a family could take today to start teaching their kids the Bible and getting their family into Scripture more? I think one easy way to start, one little thing, kind of before we even dive into discussions with the kids about reading the Bible that could be an easy win starting today, is reading your Bible in front of your kids, allowing them to see you reading your Bible. I know growing up and even into my adult life, I really treated my time in God's Word as a very private thing that I wanted to get away like in my prayer closet and spend time with the Lord. And I wasn't trying to do it for show. And I, was, I wanted to make sure I wasn't distracted. And right. but I kind of started having a realization that if I'm always hiding off in secret or doing it after my kids go to bed or before they wake up and they never see me reading the Bible, it's, that's not, I'm, not, I'm losing the opportunity to really be setting an example for them. And they, they, it's so healthy for them to see that mom and dad are, are doing this. It's part of their routine. The power of them walking in on me, drinking a cup of coffee, reading God's word at the beginning of the day is, uh, is impactful for them. And it's memory making for them to see that, again, this is something that's part of a lifestyle. It's not just something, a lip service that we do. Right. Yeah. Um, and I would say um, today, one of the easiest things that you can do is just sit down, sit down and pick a time. Think about your schedule and pick a time that works for you and your family. Um, like my kids, when they were preschoolers, and so I had like a baby two and a four, I, we would sit down at breakfast time because they were all seated. They were all remotely quiet. They were all engaged. And we opened the word of God. And I left everything right there on the kitchen table so it was easily accessible. Um, and we just started having our quiet time. Or I guess it really wasn't quiet. It was a noisy, you know, learning time. Um, and so, but uh, just pick a time that works for your family. In your toddlers, your preschoolers, and I mean, granted, even adults, we love routine. So once you start getting it, um, you know, you've done it a few days in a row, and you leave it on the kitchen table or wherever you have it, they're going to remind you about it. So even if you are, you know, running to grab toast or whatever, they're going to be like, hey, aren't we supposed to be reading something? And so you just want to build the habit. And so um, just easy peasy, pick a time that works for your family. One of the things that I think would be great is find time to tell your kid some way in which scriptures helped you. Mm. Like uh, showing kids not just what you know, but how you're seeking um, I don't know, there have been times when, I, when I've just been talking about my day and I'll say, here's a problem I've had and here is some way in which what I learned in Scripture prepared me for that or nourished me and equipped me or built me back up after the world tore me down. And it's weird just to say, here is, here is, here is a question I had or here is a problem I was facing and here is how God used Scripture to, to help me through it. it. It sort of sets an example for, oh, okay, when, I'm, when life isn't going well, this is a place to turn to be nourished or encouraged or equipped. And um, it can just set the tone for um, those kinds of spiritual conversations. So next time your kid is, is struggling with something, they can say, hey, Dad, uh, I, I know that you were going through this. 
where some where how can I address this? What and and, and they learn to come to you and come to scripture for for help. I think one of the most important things to remember is that we're not just trying to get kids to learn Bible stories, right? Like we don't want them to just know what's going on in the Bible. We're we're raising them to be lifelong Christ followers. And so all of the things that you guys just mentioned are really foundational for creating those habits that lead to being a lifelong Christ follower. Parents, I want to challenge you today not to implement every single thing that you heard. I want you to choose one thing that you implement today with your family to get your family into the Bible more. Guys, I'm so grateful to be here with you today. I'm so thankful to hear your experiences and your stories and your wisdom. Um, as we wrap up, I want to remind you that you can find any of the resources that we mentioned today, as well as the original class on empoweredhomes.org.